Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three step drop, goes on the end zone. Oh, ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. We don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Throws up in the head. At the 30. Derrick Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29. He's Derrick Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there are the cannons coming. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a live episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast right here on YouTube. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. On the show today as well, the newest member over at PewterReport.com, Mr. James Hill. Getting really big time on us, buddy. Pleasure to have you back on the pod. It's been a minute. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Uh, obviously excited. It's been a while since you guys have gone live, so very happy to be a part of this. So, uh, yeah, really excited to talk about some Bucks football today. It's been a long time since we have gone live. It's been an even longer time since we have done a Cannon Fire Hotline show. For those unfamiliar, uh, if you have listened to us, I don't know, since the Bucks won the Super Bowl, we haven't done one of these. That's the last one we ever did, believe it or not, was was February 7th, 2021. It has been well over two calendar years since we have had the ability to do... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An effective call-in show? A, a streamlined call-in show? Because the way that we did it before, I got to admit, from a, from, a, you know, from a podcast guy, a radio guy perspective, it was kind of clunky. You know, it was it was through Skype, and whenever someone would call you on Skype, no matter what, you got that loud Skype ringtone. And I'm sure if you're listening maybe to this podcast on the radio, it might not be that enjoyable to hear that loud Skype notification call every time someone calls in. There's a reason you don't necessarily hear that on the radio. So with that being said, it is the return of the Cannon Fire Hotline, new and improved. Excited to talk to you guys. Uh, we are just hanging out, talking Bucks football in the midst of OTAs, organized team activities happening at Advent Health Training Center. If you want to call in and talk about anything from the quarterback battle to some third string offensive lineman position battles, uh, we can get into it all here over the next hour or so. But the number is 305-224-1968. Also, Zoom has a meeting ID. That is 823 one eight three eight. Now, if you're listening to this after the fact, obviously that part doesn't matter. Uh, but if you're watching live on YouTube, that number is on the screen. If you need to refer back to that, but excited to hear from you guys, Richard T over on the West coast, checking in with us in the chat, Donnie and Matt Diaz as well. Pleasure to see you guys, Evan and James. How you boys doing? What's up? I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it was a question to both of you, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I want to get started. Just get this out of the way. Um, and guys, feel free to call at any point, and you can talk about whatever you want about the Bucks, so whether it's 
We can talk about last season. We can talk about the draft. We can talk about this season. You can talk about whatever you want. Um, we're just we're happy to to finally get this back because it's something that me and Rep both enjoy doing. It's just something that we couldn't always um, do in the most effective way for you guys per se. So um, wanted to make sure it was it was right before we you know before we relaunched it per se. Um, but uh, real quick. Uh, and Richard said, I want to call, but I'm driving through LA traffic. No problem, man. <laughs> I get it. Hey, um, hey, hold on, hold on. Driving through LA traffic. Now, it, if, if my impression of LA traffic is what I, what I think it is, isn't it bumper to bumper going two miles an hour? I mean, it's true. I think true, but I mean, Hey, if he doesn't want to drive, doesn't want to talk while driving. Hey, it's fine. No, you know, I know. I'm kidding. just kidding. Drive safe. We appreciate you hanging out with us, Rich. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I want to get this out of the way. Uh, so the, the video that's been going around or videos that's been going around of uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask throwing at practice. Look, here's the yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to get into. Let's do it. <laughs> quarterbacks are going to throw bad balls. And do I think Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask are good quarterbacks? I don't know. Probably not. Like, there's a reason that Baker Mayfield was available for what he was. And I just haven't seen enough out of Kyle Trask. That being said, my opinion on them is not going to be changed ever so slightly by a few clips from a practice that does not matter. Like it's May, basically, slash early June. Like, can we chill out? Like, stop. This is it's, it's stupid. It, it's dumb. This is the polar opposite of the Kenny Bell effect. I mean, we've talked about this year in and year out <laughs> about guys who look good in uh, shorts and t-shirt and I somehow some way Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask have, have done a good job at looking bad in a shorts and t-shirt. But I, I mean, what is your opinion on, on maybe uh, that selection of clips? Because I, I gotta be honest. I do think the context there is important. I mean, it's, it's dirty work throwing those routes that they were to some tight ends who may or may not even be on the team. I think the only two guys that I recognized were, were Kate Otten and Payne Durham. You know, had to make some tough catches. But aside from that, there were a couple of other guys they were throwing to who I, again, don't know if they're going to make the team. I couldn't I couldn't tell you their name. But, um, you know, we've also heard a lot of they good. They put those like, in there we, for we've a heard, reason. We've heard a lot of people say a lot of good things about both Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. I mean, you know, there's analysts left and right who we have discredited before saying good things about Baker Mayfield. But more people, especially teammates, talking about Kyle Trask and the way that he has kind of approached this quarterback battle, you know, the first legitimate pressure he's had in his career. Yeah. And the first chance he's had to start in, in the NFL. I mean, first realistic chance that he has uh, to earn a starting job. So going to want to make the most of it. I just, yeah. And those clips are, they're put together for a reason because they want to make a conversation and, you know, when they complete a five yard out route, that's not as flashy as overthrowing a guy by 10 yards. Like it's just it, the two main clips that you've seen go viral from, you know, when OTA started and minicamp started, the two main clips have both been, well, one of us, you know, Baker Mayfield and the other was of Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And they were both horrible balls. And sure. Yeah. They're horrible balls. That's going to happen like that. They're going to throw good balls too. like they're going to throw interceptions. They're going to throw plays that you're like, what in the world? Like that sucked. They're going to make plays. You're like, oh, it's pretty good. Like it just it happens. And I'm not going to sit here and base an entire season. They're like, oh, well, look at this Bucks quarterback battle. See, I told you they're going to suck. Like, 
I'm not going to base an entire season off of three throws that I saw from a clip at a practice in May. I'm just, I, I can't get there. If you want to, that is your prerogative. If you're doing that, I'm assuming that no matter what Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask did, your mind was probably already made up that you thought they were going to suck, and that's not going to change your mind. So there's nothing I can really do about that. That's your opinion. But a few clips from our practice in May with shorts and T-shirts on is not going to change my opinion about a football team overall. Um Will they make the playoffs? I don't know. Is Baker Mayfield missing a tight end by five yards over his head going to be make or break of a 2-15 and 15 season or a 10-7 and seven season? I don't think so. James, you can feel free to chime in whenever you want. I know. I, I don't know, you know whether you're saving your voice for the Pewter Report podcast or what, but. No, well, you know, just to kind of, you know, kind of talk on what you were saying there, Evan. Look, it's interesting because whenever the Brady era was here, right, you didn't see as much overreacting regarding stuff like this in, in certain situations. Um, I remember just one specific example was actually me and Rhett were, were covering a training camp practice. Uh, the first, I think it was either the first or second year Brady was there and Brady would miss a couple of throws and people were giving him the business and were saying the world's going to fall apart and, and all these things. So it's such an interesting thing to see that I think is, is ultimately not fair. Now, is that to say that I think that, you know, either one of these guys is going to go out and be amazing. No, at the end of the day, we still don't know that answer yet. Kind of like what both you guys were saying, but gosh, the one clip that I know a lot of people were freaking out about with Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield thing. I counted, look, it's four throws by both guys combined two overthrows each out of an entire practice, are we really going to lose our minds in the start of June, end of May, and say, it's a wash, pack it up, folks, it's game over? No, of course not. I, I think with with anything, you know, you got to obviously take your time to be able to fully evaluate things. So, look, it happens every year. This is a period where fans are bored and are willing to question a lot of things that are going on with the team media wants to get a lot of conversations going on and, and want to, you know, have a lot of different conversations and a lot of different types of pieces out um, to kind of get the fans talking and, and asking those types of questions. So it is just that time of year, man, it happens. I would say it's an overreaction and just got to give it time, man. Yeah. And, and I, you got to consider, again, the first meaningful reps for Kyle Trask in a long time. The first full offseason for a guy like Baker Mayfield since 2019. Uh, a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive system, a lot of new offensive players. I won't say offensive weapons just because, you know, some of the guys they're throwing to are not going to be all-stars. But I, I, I just want to say this. Like, you said all those things. At the end of the day, it's still just a couple of overthrows like yeah, that stuff yeah. doesn't even have to factor into that like at all. You know, like they miss two throws each or three throws each, whatever it may be. 
doesn't matter why, yeah why is this a big deal man <laughs> like what because we... people people want to share funny clips and funny memes and 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 put it out there and then yeah. they just want to be proved right because everybody is saying oh though the bucks are gonna suck now tom brady's gone and people get pushed back on that and they're like no see look he can't even complete a pass right yeah well, like you, you know this this happens this happens people on the other end of the spectrum i don't know if you saw the clips of anthony richardson uh richardson today running around at colt's practice throwing dimes he's and thrown into a net yeah from eight yards away i mean this kid is obviously going to be the week one starter and he's just going to go and probably be the mvp this year um you know you see it with the bucks and how people want to attach to this narrative of how bad how bad the bucks are going to be post brady uh a couple of questions for you james first point blank who do you think is going to win the quarterback battle if i had to ask you today and i i feel like i know your answer i feel like we all maybe share an answer here what are your thoughts on that um, so if I, if you gave me, if you gave me the option to pick a guy right now, it'd have to be Baker Mayfield. I think right. that you look at the situation right now, look at the end of the day, Kyle Trask, he's only played a handful of snaps, not games, snaps, period in his NFL career. He's in year three. Obviously that was because he was playing behind Tom Brady. There's nothing you can do about that. Like, I'm sorry. You're not, That's not gonna... Kyle Trask's fault either. But No, it's not Kyle Trask's fault at all. And given those circumstances, yeah, he was not going to play at all. But right now, as it stands, Baker Mayfield, he's been a guy that's been around the league. Obviously, last year did not go well. He has been on four teams in a calendar year for a reason. Evan, I know you've talked about that a lot as well. Uh, things in Carolina didn't go well. Things in Cleveland didn't end well. Things with the Rams went pretty okay in a limited time. There was some good there and there was some bad there. And then he ended up with the Bucs. Again, you know, it took him to a fourth team for a reason. It took him a little bit while to sign with the team for a reason as well. He's only making six to eight million dollars this upcoming year. That's all for a reason because he's got a lot to prove. However, I say all of that, but whenever you look at Baker Mayfield's track record compared to what Kyle Trask has done in the NFL so far right now. If the Bucks do want to be in a win now type of mode, Baker Mayfield may be your best option going forward. He's been a guy who has started multiple games. I think that he can have that label of at least a veteran who's been there, done that and has started what 70 games almost at this point in the NFL. He's been to a playoff game. He's won a playoff game. He's the most qualified starting quarterback you have on your roster right now. Point blank, simple as that. So while you can say, and while it is understandable to say that, yeah, Kyle Trask, obviously former second round pick, you want that guy to be your franchise guy. If you know, it is a close competition. If things are closer than what is anticipated, if Kyle Trask is not blowing the doors down and going far and away from Baker Mayfield in this quarterback competition, I think that the safest and most most logical option would be to go with Mayfield in that scenario. So yeah, he's a uh, so real quick. Baker Mayfield started sixty nine career games, and Kyle Trask just got his first NFL action in the regular season, the finale against the Falcons. And it was basically a quarter and didn't didn't look that great. And that, that's my thing real quick, Rhett, before you get into your point and why I think why you said that we all share an opinion on who's going to likely win. And I think, honestly, if you talk to most people that are in the know, um, if you talk to a casual, maybe they say, oh, they drive the trash in the second round. Of course, it's going to be him. 
Uh, but if you talk to most people that are in the know, I think they would say probably Baker Mayfield right now. That, that doesn't mean that Kyle Trask won't play at all this year. If he is playing, that means bad news for Baker Mayfield slash the Bucks, meaning either Baker Mayfield got hurt or the Bucks are really struggling and they made a change of quarterback. But um, the thing about Trask, okay, that fourth quarter against Atlanta, and he's had two preseasons now. He hasn't looked that good. Like it's it's limited time and it's a small sample size, but like the sample size hasn't been that good anyway. So, like Baker Mayfield and and I think James actually made a great point when he says you know, the Bucks aren't trying to to tank. You know, Matt Diaz brings up in the chat how people say, oh, you know, they're tanking for Caleb Williams and they're going to draft Caleb Williams. Look, maybe. But it's not going to be by design. Like this team is not intentionally uh, going to to lose football games here. Because you know Todd Bowles knows if the Bucks have the number one overall pick, he ain't going to be the head coach. Like if the Bucks have the number one overall pick, Jason Light might not be the general manager. Like I don't think it's a foregone conclusion as it would be with with Bowles. But like Jason Light might not be the GM. So Baker Mayfield probably gives you the best chance to win Week One. Now by Week Six, does that change? Who knows? Maybe if you're one and four, oh and five, you know, whatever it may be, maybe you gotta make a change then. But right now, to start of the season, I think it's gotta be bigger Mayfield. Yeah, and, and I mean people are gonna share that video, they're gonna make their memes, they're gonna carry their narratives about what give us your opinion and give us a call. I mean, yeah, right. I, I mean, it's the return of the Cannon Fire Hotline, the only call-in show with no calls. 305-224-1968. Uh, Zoom meeting ID is 823-8787-1838. We'd love to hear your opinion. Hey, it's a good tagline, though. Kyle. It is a good tagline. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Baker Mayfield, Kyle <laughs> Trask, and more. Listen, if nobody calls, we're still going to make a good podcast out of it, Dan. Oh, yeah. So um, I wanted to get into you know my thoughts on Baker Mayfield coming into this season. Again, all three of us kind of share the consensus that more than likely, he's going to be your week one starter for this team. And uh, while consistency week in and week out is going to be, you know, something we'll we'll see once we get there. We'll cross that bridge and we come to it. You know, with expectations being what they are, I feel like it's not out of line to assume it's not going to take much for Baker Mayfield to exceed expectations people may have. Uh, fans, critics, people who slander the team. I mean, hell, dude, I saw something on Twitter today that said, uh, it said, I guarantee you Mike Evans is going to request a trade by week six, book it. And there's become a narrative that Mike Evans is is this disgruntled player who's going to want to get off of this sorry team, um, which I think is far from the case. But, you know, with that being said, I, I mean, what we know about Baker Mayfield, if he is bad, and if he is your starter for most of the year, I still have this feeling that the Bucs are not going to be the worst team in the NFL. Like with the defense being what it is, I don't know what the run game's going to look like. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know if I can buy into Rashad White and Chase Edmonds all the way with Keyshawn Vaughn on the backside. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I feel like even <laughs> if we get even if we get an average Baker Mayfield, the Bucs are going to be a team that ends up winning five or six games. Okay. But okay, but that's not what you said though. You said bad Baker Mayfield. So what happens? How long's the leash? You know, because like you have Kyle Trask sitting there. It's not like you have and you know Ryan Griffin right behind him, right? Like you have Kyle Trask, you invested a second round pick in him. At what point in the season 
do you say you got to give him a look if Mayfield is struggling? Well, well, let me ask my question a little bit better here. I just wanted to, I guess, get this out there about Mayfield. You know, if Baker Mayfield plays well enough to be your starter the entire season, would that exceed a lot of people's expectations? Because, I I mean, people just seem prepared for the worst. At least that's the impression Um, I get. I I don't know. You know, because the thing about Mayfield and Carolina is they also, they had Sam Darnold, they had PJ Walker. So like they had legit, like Sam Darnold started games as well. Um, So it's tough to say, I think, whether um, Mayfield could start the whole year. It depends on how the year goes. Honestly, it does. What's up, guys? This is Richard Terraoka. Hey, what's up, Richard T? What up? <laughs> uh, doing good, doing good. I just got off the freeway, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give these. I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna give it a try. All right, yeah, we we appreciate the call, man. What's on your mind? You know, talking bucks in L.A., finding other people. Not easy, not easy. Uh, so, th- you know, first of all, thank you guys because I have shows like you and, you know, Peter Report and Locked On Bucks, all that stuff to keep me updated, uh, being so far away from, from this team. Um, but, man, there's, 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 there's some things on my mind. You know, especially what you guys were just discussing earlier, what this media, you know, you have – you have all these uh, big media shows who are just really down on the buck. Um, and we're all, we all want to be like Red B, you know, optimists. And, and we recognize that there's so much talent on this team. But at the same time, as I can't be mad at them for being so down because it's just not that long ago when we did have, um, sorry, uh, when we did have a, a team with all this talent and we were just a quarterback away for so many years. And now it just feels like that's where we're back at. And not just that, we have a new offense being installed right now too. So, I mean, how do you guys truly feel about what's going on with the bunks right now? The, how, how the media is, is showing, you know, how they feel about this team, where we stand right now, post Brady, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting because uh, it reminds me a lot. And I've made this before the show. It reminds me a lot of uh, the 2019 offseason right after Dirt Cutter was fired and Bruce Arians took over. Uh, the Bucks had lost Quan Alexander. They lost Adam Humphreys both to free agency. Couldn't really replace him. Uh, the shine was kind of wearing off of Jameis Winston's star there. People were beginning to be down on him and a lot of people we're really down on this Bucks team. And I remember a lot of people predicting this Bucks team to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst in the league. And I remember a lot of people saying like, hold on, like that's might not be the case. And it's a lot of local people because your national people, they have to one, they have to get clicks and stuff like And I get it. Um, and they, they have to also cover 32 teams. So it's not like they can cover the Bucks as in depth as uh, the local people can, but the Bucks end up going, 
going seven and nine that 2019 season. And it, it surprised a lot of people, but if you were local, it really didn't. So without you're, you're right, Richard. I mean, without a quarterback, it doesn't really matter. Right. Well, because if you don't have the, the good quarterback, you're not going to win much in this league. And I think we've seen that going from what the Bucks had at quarterback, you know, 10 years before Tom Brady to when they finally get Brady, it, it all changes. So I think that's the evidence that you need a quarterback. However, like you mentioned, there's a lot of talent on this team, but I like the point you brought up that, okay, Mike Evans is here. Chris Godwin's here. All right, well, those guys were here and the Bucs were still losing games. Levante David's here. He was here. Vita Vey was here. The Bucs were still losing games. So I do like that point you brought up. And I just think there's a fine line between being the worst team in the NFL and being sort of a more average team. And I think the Bucs are closer to that average team that, than the worst team in the NFL, like a lot of analysts think. Well, and, and that's kind of what I was getting to as well when I had mentioned that thing about Baker. And, you know, even if he is uh, average, or I guess as average as a Dave Canales offense can make him, I, I feel like the Bucs are going to be far from the worst team in the NFL. You know, I, I don't think they'll be a top three pick in the NFL draft, but let me ask your opinion, Richard, are you a Kyle Trask fan? Do you think Baker's just going to take this job and play? And uh, if he does get this job, do you think he'll take us, uh, I guess to compete for the division? I don't know. It's hard to, to see Baker Mayfield and talk aspirations of a Super Bowl. but what are your thoughts on the quarterback situation right now? Uh, you know, low, it's low hanging fruit. It's easy to say Baker. He's the one who has like 60, 70 plus starts. You know, he has way, way more experience than Trask does. You know, unfortunately, you have so many other quarterbacks who came out after Trask who already has more game experience than he has. So the truth of the matter is that we we don't know what we have in Trask. We really don't. Mm -hmm. I want to root for the guy. He's a buccaneer. He's a quarterback. I want him to uh, be able to come in take the field and would really love to see him hit the ground running. But the fact that they had to get a, someone like a Baker Mayfield um, who, you know, Kristen said it on his podcast that Baker Mayfield still has a lot to offer as a quarterback. He, he actually said that his arm is actually really, really good and it's, uh, really underrated. Um, and I think he even called it, Essentially elite, uh, at least maybe it's like, you know, it's not Josh, Josh Allen, it's not Aaron Rodgers, but it's a very strong arm. It's, it's kind of like, I think the, the, the knock on him is his decision-making, forcing, forcing throws um, that he probably shouldn't have or forcing throws into really tight windows, uh, which gives me PTSD of Jameis Winston because it's, it's stuff that we've all heard before. So, um, but again, you know, he, he has that experience. He, you know, you, you, you look back on all the other starting quarterbacks right now in the NFC South, and out of all the starting quarterbacks in the NFC South, Baker Mayfield's the only one who has a playoff win. <laughs> yeah. Right? Derek yeah. Carr? Yeah, no. Zero. zero. Um, then you got a, a rookie zero. in Bryce Young. Rookie and Bryce Hill, yeah. So, um, 
I, I want to root for Trask, but it's just, I think I think Baker is going to get it. I mean, I I mean, you go back to the press conference to what Todd Bowles is saying, and he was being asked like, well, what do you what are you looking for, and and. And you're starting quarterback. And he said, you know, someone who's going to command the team, someone who has moxie, someone who has a good arm, all this and that. And it's just like, you might as well just say Baker Mayfield because he <laughs> just, that's how he describes Baker Mayfield when they acquired Baker Mayfield, you know, mm-hmm. when, uh, when they signed him back in March. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, um, I, I think Baker's going to be the guy. I think Trask will have his chance um, because I think there probably will be a game or two when Baker won't start, whether he gets injured or something. I just feel like that's that's inevitable. Yeah, I'm ready to root for you know, whoever wins the job. Like I'm just excited to watch a quarterback battle. It's been so long since we've actually had a legitimate competition. Uh, to see who your next potential franchise guy is going to be. But if it's Baker, I'm ready to root for him. We do have a $5 super chat from LDBC's Most Wanted. Uh, says, this team is not going to be bad. Too much talent on both sides of the ball. Carlton, Dean, Winfield, White, David, Vita, Shaq. Bowles career on the line. It is a hot seat year for Todd Bowles, but I had seen this mentioned this week as well. You know, this Bucks defense still has a lot of the young core that that helped take this team to the Super Bowl in previous seasons. So I have to imagine... You know, with some of these players still in in pretty good shape. I mean, Vita Vea, you know, has made it through seasons. Uh, he, he's still somewhat young. So it's like, you know, I know Shaq Barrett is kind of on a pivotal year. You're banking on some of these younger guys to step up. Anthony Nelson, uh, Joe Tryon, Shoyanka obviously needs to have a good year. Um, but I think this defense is obviously going to come into play into what helps this Bucks team win a couple of games this year. Uh, do you have any expectations for the defense or any players you're most excited to watch here, Richard? Um, I'm I'm really interest, interested to see uh, Kalijah Kansi. Um, I I love the fact that he's just kind of like that undersized against the grain prototypical defensive tackle. So I'm rooting for that. And, 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 and I've always been one to root for the un- underdog. That's pretty much a reason, a big reason why I became a Bucks fan all the way here in Los Angeles. You know, they were not the swiftest team, but I found myself rooting for them because I was like, I want these guys to, like, be good. And then six, seven years later, they win the Super Bowl. So, uh, Super Bowl one, by the way. <laughs> um, so, Kalaja Kansi. I want to see what he brings. I want to see the development of Logan Hall. Um, they say he he bulked up. All right, let's 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 put that to game use. Um, and really, I'm most intrigued with the Devin White situation because I I love Devin White. Um, I didn't like his play last year, and 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 I just want to see. What's going to happen? You know, is he come back? When he comes back, is he going to get that the, the captain on his chest? Um, how much, you know, how much is he is he going to be involved going forward with the future of the team? Um, so a, a lot of questions with Devin White's situation. So 
um yeah that's what really what what i'm looking forward to oh and i really want to know uh you know when 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 it's time to pick captains it's going to be a different group of captains i, I gotta believe i want to see you know tristan Wirfs, and i want to see chris godwin i think they've really earned their their keeps and and make it the captain. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the board as, as I'm driving and talking. You guys you're you're good, man. <laughs> yeah, you're good. We're, we're hitting all the topics today on this one, man. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I got to think, uh, you know, Vita Vea is obviously a strong name to consider. Levante David always going to have the captain's patch. If it's not Devin White, there are a couple of young players on the defensive side of the ball that um, that would be interesting to see. And then uh, Chris Godwin, always another name to keep in the mix as well. Rich, it's been really good talking to you, man. Yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call, you guys. I uh, just want to, uh, if you just give me a couple seconds here, wish you guys a happy, happy National Donut Day today. No, oh, uh, thank so you very much. Go get, yeah, go get donuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump, I'm gonna uh, jump and, off uh, of this podcast, go get some Krispy Kreme. There it is. There it is. Um, and then I, I want to give a big shout out to a uh, Bucks fan group that I'm involved here in LA called the West Coast Bucks Fan Club. Um, it's a the, the little mid type uh, type family, all Bucks fans. We all communicate with with each other, and um, and you know whenever I can't find someone to talk Bucks football, um, they're just uh, they're just a click away. So so big shout out to the West Coast. Bucks fan club um based out here in la oh yeah dude good people all around and uh good talking to you once again thanks for calling we'll talk to you soon bud all right man keep you guys uh i'll keep following you guys you guys have a good rest of your day thank thanks you man you too go bucks all right james James, 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 haven't gotten your thoughts in a long time. He, I know, James, you know, I haven't so, heard so, from you, man. I, <laughs> you know, I forget you're on the pod. I'm, it's a pleasure to have you here. We got your coworker, J.C. Allen, in the live chat chiming in as well. Maybe he can call in as the line is now open, 305-224-1968. The meeting ID is now back on the screen. James, what are your All thoughts right. on this Bucks team headed into the year? Well, I just want to say this too, like Devin White being a captain or not being captain, that's going to be such an interesting situation because on one hand, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't a team captain. But on the other hand, like I'm very, very positive that he still has a lot of support of the guys in that locker room, a lot of the support of the guys on that coaching staff. Well, so, and, and usually when a guy's a captain for a while, like Devin White has stay. been, like he was a cat, like they stay a captain unless they're not on the team. So like, that'd be a pretty big deal. Like it, that would be a pretty big development if Devin White was not named a captain. It, it would say seen, a lot. Sorry, go ahead. And then we've seen situations like that before. One that like, Josh kind of Freeman, a, that was the yeah, one that immediately yeah. came to mind where everybody was like, whoa, what and then he was shortly gone from the team now yeah. that was an entirely different type of situation by the way but this, this is pretty surprising but um I, I, definitely I it, notable i think it says a lot about just how the uh you know how the organization is going to view your future there i guess i i know it's maybe reading too much into some small things like well, that i mean but like yeah, but you that, said that, that, it, it, it's an impression a pl- it's a player's choice yeah the, the players vote on that the organization has no say on that though so it's not really like, you know, Jason Light saying, oh, this guy's not being the captain. Well, right. Like it just that would be more damning to me because I like your teammates chose like you had the captaincy last year 
and your teammates watched what you did and said, no, yeah, like you're, you're not going to be our captain. Well, and knowing yeah. what we've usually heard when players speak out about, you know, whether it's salary discussions or a new contract or, you know, just a disgruntled player in general, uh, they're usually all about their guy going out there and getting money. I mean, nobody's going to hate a player for wanting to get paid or looking for no. that big payday if they feel they deserve it. It is what it is. This is their livelihood. This is how their guys, you know, you take care of your family, you take care of your kids, your kids' kids. You know, that's what these guys are planning for. So so all, all due respect to Devin White, it's one of those things where I don't feel like anyone in that locker room has a problem with it. Just like you said, James, I, I think they all fully support Devin White, whether he's here to play or not. Um, but if he is here, you know, OTA is not expecting him to show up at something like that. But, you know, training camp comes around. If he is here, I have to imagine he's all business because he also knows that he has a full season to play. And if he wants the price tag that he thinks he's worth, he's still got a little bit of work to do to go out there and prove to the rest of the league that he is worth, uh, you know, what he says he is. Yeah, I think you see a lot of situations like that, too, where guys, you know, obviously have something to prove if if they want that type of contract. You know, you got to prove it at the end of the day. And that's going to be why this upcoming season is going to be a very big year for Devin White. And I'm sure ultimately the Bucks would like to pay Devin White, you know, top tier linebacker money if he is playing like a top tier linebacker in the league. But it's all about that if and can he do that? That's going to be the big question here. That's going to be the big prove it type of situation where we've seen stretches of Devin white where yeah, he's looked like a guy who certainly looks like can earn that type of contract, but you got to have consistency, man. You've got to, otherwise you aren't necessary. You're not going to get a contract like that at the end of the day. So that's going to be the biggest thing is can Devin white put it all together in this year, in this contract season to show that consistency that he has earned top tier linebacker money. And that's going to be one of the biggest questions of this upcoming season. In my opinion, along with the quarterback stuff as well, because it can certainly affect what happens with the Buccaneers very near future here after this upcoming season. Yeah. And speaking of quarterbacks, um, Tempe 1D uh, said in the live chat while we were talking with, with Rich there, uh, what are we doing at quarterback? Seriously, are we looking in 24 draft or just, you know, kind of throwing it up there? Uh, what's the plan is my question. Baker's one year, then what? So I think it's, you know, I, and it's a good question. It, it, it is. And, and it's a good question, but it's a tough question to answer because we have not played a single football game yet. Um, and, and that's why, you know, it, it, it's tough. I mean, James is just so distraught by the conversation. He has to leave. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, you have got James speechless. He is so bamboozled. <laughs> he has just got up and left the podcast. Ladies. And um, the, the audio listeners are so confused right now. Um, but so it's tough without playing a football game because, Okay, Baker Mayfield goes out there. The Bucks do well. Let's say Baker Mayfield does well. Bucks win eight or nine games. You could make the argument, okay, you could give Baker Mayfield a three- or four-year deal maybe for a little bit more money, kind of like a Geno Smith type thing, right? And I think a lot of people have compared, like, if Baker's going to have a revival, it's going to be a lot like Geno Smith. I think that's fair. But, I, you know, if he's not good enough, like, yeah, maybe. And guess what? If, if Baker Mayfield is terrible and Kyle Trask is terrible – you might be picking high enough, maybe not to pick a quarterback like Caleb Williams or Drake May outright, but you might be high enough to maybe be able to trade up 
to get one of those guys possibly. So I do think, and the 2024 draft class uh, is a pretty solid one at quarterback. So um, as James has returned now to his seat, I wanted to ask him, uh, what do you think? Uh, to, to answer the live chat's question there, uh, what is the plan? Do you think it depends on Baker Mayfield's performance for a year and possibly resign him or look towards the uh, 2024 NFL draft uh, for yeah. their next quarterback? Because they still, you know, they still have a lot of questions there. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on how the guys that you already have are going to perform. Yeah. Look, um, at the end of the day, people were asking the same questions about the Detroit Lions last year about the Seattle Seahawks last year. What were they going to do? Because they had Jared Goff and Geno Smith, and those situations worked out for both of those teams. Those guys have been dubbed the guys for their respective teams. Geno Smith signed a long-term, big-money type of deal. Similar thing with Daniel Jones in that quarterback situation. He got paid as well. So it just depends on what happens with these guys. If Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask performs well, it's pretty safe to say that that's going to be your guy moving forward probably if they both stink and this team is ending up towards the bottom of the draft or i guess i should say you know one of the top five to ten picks and whatnot then i think it is a very safe thing to say the bucks are going to be looking in a different direction it it all depends on how these guys perform in my opinion and i will say um real quick i do think it would be the draft if you look at the list of potential quarterbacks uh free agent quarterbacks in 2024 there's there's not gonna be uh there's not gonna be any Tom Brady uh you know any, any sort of Tom here's I'm gonna read off hey, the list hey, hey, I, I, I tell you the, for 2024 tell you the first name on the list before you even read it off Gardner Minshew yeah guys I mean come on not getting a fair shake in Indianapolis hey, in listen Indianapolis. listen I was I was on the Minshew Mania train back in October I was talking about Gardner Minshew in Tampa Bay. Back then, and uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm ready to. Root, I'm ready to root for Baker, but I think the Bucks missed the train on not getting Gardner so, here in a uh, in a Bucks uniform. So, so that's the first name Gardner mentioned. So, the anyways, Bucks, the Bucks could potentially right their wrongs if they are not in a good enough spot yeah. to uh to you know to uh, get a good uh good QB in the draft. Anyway, okay. So here's the list: Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold. Jameis Winston, Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield, obviously, Colt McCoy, Garter Minshew, Tyler Huntley. Other than that, uh, not much experience there. And, and that is other than that, and it's 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 rough. And just to kind of speak on what you're saying too, Evan, the only guy on that list would be that you would consider as what a 34 year old Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And like a third is who's a good quarterback, but like, he's not like, you're not going to win a Super Bowl signing Kirk Cousins. And, and also to, to your point, Evan, yeah, I would be through the draft at this point, because if you're getting a top five, top 10 pick and Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask stunk the previous year, go get a guy. Like, yeah, know, yeah. Go, Richard, go get a guy. Richard like, actually brings up an interesting question in the chat. And I want to throw it to Rhett first, and then I want to get James's opinion on it, and then I'll share mine. So we'll go Rhett, James, me. Made it home, he says. All right. We're really glad you made it home safe. Survived yeah. the traffic. Uh, are the 2023 Bucks closer to, I assume he means a 2024 first overall draft pick or a playoff berth? Now, it doesn't mean they get the first overall draft pick. Also, doesn't mean they make the playoffs. But are they closer? 
are they like, oh, missed the playoffs by a game? Or are they like, oh, I got a top six pick. And if they would have lost one more game, like they might have. What are your thoughts? Are they closer to having the first overall pick or closer to making the playoffs? That's an interesting question. We do have a call from the 813 in the waiting room. I'll let him in here in a second. JC. Sure is, man. Uh, it'll be interesting to get his take on this question. But I, you know, I, I talk a lot about the Bucks being one of those teams who could just. So well, let's to, actually, let, let's chime in JC and then we can. Right, we can all right, let's, okay. All right. Well, I got shut down on my own pod, ladies and gentlemen, our second caller of the show from Pewter Report. The one and only J.C. Allen joins the show. J.C., how you doing, my friend? Going on, fellas. How are we doing tonight? James, welcome to the fam. Good, good, Thanks, J.C. Appreciate it, man. All right, so I I trust you heard what was talked about, but I'll pose the question just one more time. Do you think the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a team that is closer to a playoff berth or the first overall pick in the 2024 draft? I think it's a playoff berth. I mean, you guys, uh, you guys have been listening to pretty much the entire podcast, and you know, obviously, national media, Brady's gone. They're going to bury the Bucks. It's just how it's going to be. But someone who covers this team day in, day out, basis like you guys do, and and know, you know, some of the front office, the the locker room behind the scenes that are working. This this team has too much talent to have the number one overall. I think too much talent to have a top five pick. If that happens, the defense is decimated by injuries. Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask just can't do anything and move the, move the ball or anything like that. I really think if you if you look at this team assembled with Canales coming in here, implementing a new offense that's really going to be um, not just quarterback friendly, but offensive line friendly, running back friendly, there's no way in my mind that this, has any uh, any possibility of the Bucks just falling to the first overall pick at, at all in 2023. So if they're going to get up there, they're going to have to package multiple first-round picks. But you look at the NFC South, look at the NFC as a whole, there's seven wild-card spots now. I just don't see them losing enough games to be a top top five pick in the, in the draft. Well, and that's how I feel too. You know, I was kind of saying that I feel like the Bucks are a team that even if we have this just complete shit show at quarterback throughout the season, you know, we've seen it before back in 2018 when they couldn't make up their mind on if they wanted Jameis or if they wanted Fitz in there every three or four games. So if that's what ends up happening, I still feel like this is a defense that is strong enough. And this is an offense that has enough weapons. I mean, if Rashad White takes a step this season, which we're all hoping for, you know, maybe they can lean on the run game a little bit more, but between a streamlined offense that you had mentioned is going to be quarterback friendly and a defense that I thought was the anchor of this team last year and certainly didn't get the credit that it deserved. The fact that they were able to re-sign Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, you know, Devin White is still here for the season. I know that they're banking on a lot of young talent on this defensive line and that 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 is uh, that is yet to be seen how that'll play out. But I just feel like they're a team that if we get a terrible quarterback situation, they're still going to win five or six games. So I agree. I think they're closer to that playoff berth. And uh, if you get the best of Baker Mayfield with a better offense that we had in 2022, he's not Tom Brady, but if you get the best of Baker Mayfield, I don't think it is out of hand for people to expect this team to win seven, eight, nine, ten games. And with Dennis Allen being a big question mark in New Orleans, I know Derek Carr's the guy, but 
you know, I don't know how competitive the NFC South is going to be this year. Is it going to be another year where maybe a 9-10 win team wins the division? I don't even think you need the best of Baker, right? I think what you need from Baker is exactly. So Baker, he's such an anomaly because you look at when he came into the into the league, you know, high hopes, first overall draft pick, Hugh Jackson, and um, I can't even think of his name, was, was his offensive coordinator. Both get fired midseason. Greg Williams, the kitchen step in. And, and you really see him start to do better um, as that season went along, set the touchdown record for rookies, came second place in Offensive Rookie of the Year. The next year, Freddie Kitchens is there. His numbers go up, but obviously, you know, the defense wasn't great. He was only he only had, um, I think at that point, he only had Jarvis Landry to throw to. Still, no, that was his rookie year. Odell came in, and, and it wasn't Odell Beckham, only put up 1,000 yards. That offensive line was trashed besides Joel Bentino that he was running. Uh, they took forever to get Bradley Chubb involved, and when they did, you could start to see a turnaround in that team. Um, and then his next year, uh, Freddie Kitchens gets let go, and now he's on his you know, third offensive coordinator, third head coach, and you really see the difference um, – in that system, what he could do, brought them to the playoffs, 11-5. and five. They got some better pieces on the O-line, got some better pieces on defense. It was a better system, more quarterback-friendly system, and he balled out. The next year, he's got a torn torn uh, rotator cuff or patella tendon. I forget what it was. Um, but he's playing through injury in his non-throwing shoulder the entire year. He gets a concussion that gets him knocked out of a game. Um, and, and really, you know, Odell Beckham's drama happens and he's cut midway through the season. You know, I, I don't think that final year with Cleveland was an indication of what he was as a player either. Then, you know, there's no teams that really are interested in him because the contract size, the Browns finally have to find a way to eat some of that money to go to the Panthers with Matt Rule, who is, a college coach at heart, and obviously he ended up getting fired and his offensive coordinator got fired. So now he's on his fifth offensive coordinator and head coach um, in a system that was never really tailored to him in an awkward quarterback you know, battle with um, Sam Darnold and then with P.J. Walker. He gets cut midseason, goes to McVay's offense, a very quarterback-friendly offense, has two days on the playbook, goes out, wins the game, um, and then has a little bit of an up and down, but you got to remember Cooper Cup was not there. Um, obviously, um, Allen Robinson was a shell of himself. You know, Van Jefferson was in that lineup. They were, they couldn't really get a solid running game because half the offensive line was decimated last season as well. So if you look at Baker and what he's had to go through with his career, I really draw a parallel to Alex Smith. Alex Smith, when he was with the 49ers, drafted first overall, went through a bunch of head coaches, a bunch of coordinators, and he found success in a quarterback innovative offense with Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, became a really good game manager with the Bucks defense. And if they're healthy and if they're as good as they have been the past few years, I know they're, as you mentioned, relying on a younger defense. I really like what they have in the secondary. Obviously, nickel is a big question right now. But if you can just manage the game, and with the scheme that Canales is putting in there, that's the emphasis on marrying the run in the pass. We've already seen it, a lot of pre-snap motion, um, et cetera. I think Baker, if he can just manage it, 
this Bucks team has a real shot at winning the NFC South. He doesn't need to be best of Baker. He doesn't need to be an all-star. He just needs to be able to distribute the ball properly. And, you know, even going last year, like the scheme is going to make such a difference for a lot of these players because it's going to bring out what they do best. The Aryan system, and especially the way Byron was running, it was so archaic. It was so just, we're going to line our guys up against, it's good on good, best on best. You know, our guys are going to go out there and beat you. And there was no real adjustments made. There was no, you know, the only game that they really came out hot on, um, and you were like, whoa, what are they doing here, was that Bengals game. And then they fell apart with all the turnovers in the second half and ended up losing the game. But that's the game that sticks out to my mind, like, whoa, where'd this come from? We haven't seen this all season. And you saw the success they had early. But, you know, I've, I've been told by players, obviously it came out goody saying I don't call the offensive plays in this season, that they would go to the coaching with runs that they say, hey, against this opponent, we feel best we can do this. We can do this against them. And they would just not be called. Things wouldn't be called. So I, I think when you look at this, this team, the way it's being built, Christian said at first, best, we had a lot of me first guys, and now it's you know, more of a camaraderie. You see that with uh, everybody showing up at OTAs and offseason workouts already. I just think this team is tailored to be a more cohesive unit. The offensive scheme is going to allow them to, to, to run the ball better, allow them to get their playmakers in better positions, allow them to do a lot of that pre-snap, uh, post-snap you know, motion during the snap. Um, and it's going to be a really fun offense to watch. And Baker just needs to be able to manage the game. And that's, that's all he needs to do. And I think they're a playoff team. I, I, you know, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, I, Canales even mentioned that in his opening press conference, you know, sort of the quarterback being the distributor, you know, being almost like the point guard uh, kind of kind of in basketball and not having to play the, the hero, uh, not having to do everything and to try and make it easier on them. And basically, I mean, yeah, if, look, last year, like if Tom Brady played like crap, like the Bucks offense was going to play like crap. Like there, there was no, there, there was no leeway there. So I, I want to get James's thoughts on, you know, on that and um, how you think a quarterback, because I think a lot of people, um, when a lot of people that aren't following the team close enough, don't really realize how much a difference in scheme may make a huge difference for this team in 2023. Oh, it can make a huge difference. I mean, We've seen that with multiple teams over the entire history of the NFL. Like coaching can certainly matter. Gosh, whenever you guys had spoken with Ryan Smith um, in in your guys' interview here on the show, he had talked about coaching being a big difference and leadership being a big difference in some of the things that happened between that Super Bowl run and some of the other teams in the past that he has been on. So, yeah, coaching certainly matters, especially in the offensive side of things as well, whenever you're hopefully bringing in a new offensive scheme that can benefit your quarterback more and benefit your playmakers more and put all of your guys in better situations to make plays. That's what you ultimately want to do as a coach at the end of the day. So yeah, coaching matters a great deal. And to kind of go back to the original question that was asked, are the bucks closer to a 2024 top pick or being a playoff berth? I think that I would also say, more likely a playoff berth because of the vulnerability in the NFC right now. And because the Bucks still have some talented guys on their roster at a lot of important levels, 
in a lot of different, in a lot of the most important position groups that you see on a team. They've got some top tier corners. They've got some pass rushers with a lot of promise. They've hopefully got a top tier left tackle in Tristan Wirfs. Now they're taking a lot of risks this year. What's going to go on with Rashad White? Obviously moving Tristan Wirfs over left tackle. That's a risk. Luke Gittiki over to right tackle. That's a risk. Having a new starting quarterback. That is a risk. There are a, a lot of different things that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be trying and different things that they're going to be doing from what we've seen the past three years that are certainly notable. If those things hit could be a very interesting team to watch where, yeah, they are going to be closer to that playoff berth and possibly even be in contention to win the division in a week in a weaker NFC South, let's say, and in an NFC that, definitely has some questions in terms of who some of those top teams are and who some of those middle of the pack teams are more so. But if some of those experiments don't work out, uh, you know, that can be a really long season in terms of some of those gambles that the Buccaneers are making potentially not working out either. But I would, I would lean more so on the side that they are closer to being a playoff team, in my opinion, than having potentially a top. Thank you to JC from Peter Report again for calling in. And, uh, you know, I I will say kind of piggybacking off of what you and JC said, James, I I think the biggest difference in this offense and, and, you know, what Dave Canales is able to bring to the table on the topic of getting the most out of your players, I think where we're going to see the biggest difference is this run game, Uh, these running backs. I mean, when you had Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, uh, even Giovanni Bernard every now and again, We were just begging what felt like for the longest time uh, for something other than a two, three yard run up the gut on first down or just, you know, an inside handoff, which is what it felt like we got more often than not. I think opening up the playbook and, and adding another level of creativity in this run game is going to be noticeable, even if you don't get the best of Rashad White. I, I think what Canales is hopefully going to be able to do putting these guys in the best position to succeed and, and show their skill set um, is is going to be noticed. And I, again, think it's going to be most noticed in the run game. Uh, what do you think about Rashad White? You know, he's going to have to take a big step if this run game is going to be enough for this team to lean on at any point in the season. He showed us some flashes last year, but there's some lot of people. There's a lot of people out there that say he doesn't quite have that consistency level yet. Well, so, I mean, yeah, he showed flashes, but ultimately this is going to be a big year because last year, you know, he was with Leonard Fournette. Like, he was sharing the the carries with, you know, with Leonard Fournette. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that extra workload because he's going to be getting hit more. He's going to be getting used more. So, that body, you know, may not be as fresh. Obviously, they, they have Chase Edmonds there, but Chase Edmonds isn't going to take away snaps as much as Leonard Fournette did from, uh, you know, from White. So, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, with his usage going up, how that affects his production. We got a caller from the 727. Hello. 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 How's it going? How you doing, on, Matt man? Diaz? Oh, Matt Diaz? Uh, Matt, what's up, Matt? How's it going? What is up? The best guitarist I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> what's what's on your mind, buddy? That. No, I, I was going to, what JC said, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow up as well <laughs> as he was able to speak about all of this, but 
Yeah, for the most, especially when it comes to the run game, because what we had before, aside from the play calling, was a system that almost required top-notch talent, especially on the offensive line, executing perfectly all the time with perfect injury luck. And then when someone gets hurt, the answer is always, oh, well, you just have to step up. (laughs) Well, and plus we've seen pretty good run games with what I think are much worse offensive lines than what we have right now. And do I think we have the 2020 or 2021 offensive line right now? No. But to get just some sort of life to the run game? Oh, definitely. I am a believer in Rashad White, too. Okay. All right. So here, I want want to pose the, the question to you then. All right, and this could be our basic our, our question of, of the night, you know, but before we wrap everything up, do you think the Buccaneers, the 2023 Buccaneers, are, are closer to the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft? Doesn't mean they're getting it, you know, but or are they closer to a playoff berth? Again, doesn't mean they make the playoffs, but what do you think the 2023 Buccaneers are closer to both on a talent level and also on a, on an execution level? Because we've seen Bucks teams on paper really look really good, but then they end up winning four games. So what do you think they are closer to at this point? I think a playoff berth at this point okay. because they have enough talent. And even now, I think one of the two – well, what Kyler Trask field, I think they will play well. I'm not going to say they're going to be the starter for the next 10 years and they're going to be just another uh, Joe Burrow or one of those guys, but good enough to get us eight, nine, or 10 wins with our schedule this year. I That's why I would say a playoff berth. Unless one of the three uh, other teams in the division just somehow finds something, which, to be honest, I don't see. And also, I should say for the record, I don't think you want Drake May. I've seen enough of UNC. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be a fun debate, but... Um... Yeah, I think you know a lot of Bucks fans share your, your sentiment. You know that, um, despite what the national media thinks, and the national media seems to think, you know, this team is going to be Caleb Williams bound. And like, look, like, can that happen? Sure, anything can happen. I mean, injuries can derail anything. But I, I think when you're looking at it from a pure roster standpoint. I don't think this is the worst roster in the NFL. Just like you mentioned, their schedule, they have a few. I mean, they're playing a lot of inexperienced quarterbacks. Uh, they play, they're going to play Bryce Young two times a year. They're going to play Desmond Ritter two times a year. They're playing Jordan Love. They're, they're playing uh, likely Anthony Richardson. They're likely going to play CJ Stroud. There's a lot of inexperience there. So they can pick up a couple of wins, I think. And I, you know, I, I do think I didn't give my answer, but I do think they're also uh, closer to, to a playoff berth. So. Well, The other thing, too, is people, which I definitely see their point about a new offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And I think Dave Canales even said in his first press press conference there's going to be some growing pains. But 
sometimes a young, inexperienced guy going through some growing pains as an offensive coordinator still might be better than what we had before. I mean, <laughs> we might we might have more passes on first downs, more jet sweeps, or 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 maybe a run to the perimeter. I don't know. You, you know, and <laughs> and the creativity in the offense is obviously always welcomed because, as you had alluded to, the Arians' way was just having all of these guys rely on their talent to win these matchups, and Bucks were able to do that and win a championship, and that's great. But in 2022 when you didn't quite have that level of talent and not all those guys were healthy, you saw them make the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, be slandered for the entire season because he didn't look like his normal self. And his normal self for that same team was tossing 44 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. So it's like, well, part of it, his, part with, of it was Brady. Part of it was Brady, but at the same time, Brady, the scheme didn't but know, didn't I, I mean, game. you know, the well, fact that the fact that, talent, that the, the fact that the 2022 offense was, historically bad. I'm talking historically bad, like one of the worst of all time. It, it's it's one of those things where I feel like the Bucks in 2023, you know, this offense only has to be marginally better than that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really well, isn't going to take very much. <laughs> right. Well, and honestly, with all that talent, there was a pattern of what we saw in 2022 from 2019 all the way to 2021. I mean, Remember, we lost thirty-eight to three against the Saints. Uh-huh. You know, nine to nothing against the Saints, and we had Tom Brady. Well, at, at least half of that second Saints, the, the Saints game in twenty twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it, it happens. Um, and they they you know Tom Brady obviously twenty twenty they won a Super Bowl when they lost to the Saints thirty eight to three, um, then they lost nine to nothing in twenty twenty one, then you know, went thirteen and four that season. So like you know it, it happens, but at the same time you know this year last year's scheme I should say didn't do him any favors. I think you could really see um, the impact that Bruce Harrians had on the offense, but also. And, and we talked about this before last season as well. That offense, that 2022 offense, was not as talented, pure talent, as the past offenses. And that was the problem. Byron Leftwich could no longer completely out-talent. Rob Gronkowski wasn't there. Ali Marpet wasn't there. Antonio Brown wasn't there. They, they could no longer out-talent every team. And you know what? When... You know, and and Donovan Smith had his worst year of his career. Like they couldn't overcome that. There was no ways to overcome those things. And was Tom Brady the Tom Brady in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one? Was that the same guy in twenty twenty two? No. But like the the loss of the talent that they had in twenty twenty two, combined with Byron Leftwich just being in over his head and not doing enough innovative things. It hurt him. It, it really did. And my one thing, the only thing that it gives me a little bit of caution when people talk about Dave Canales and everything, you don't know for a hundred percent certainty what his scheme is going to look like. He's never been an NFL offensive coordinator. He's never been the offensive play caller before. He's never installed his scheme. So we don't know what that is a hundred percent going to look like. We can take ideas from watching Seattle and stuff. And we can take ideas on what it may look like, but we're not going to know until they, they, they put, you know, the 
the what the the foot to leather i guess right so um you know that that's a tough thing because it could be really good but also it, it could not work out i i think it's going to be better because i think it's going to be more the modern nfl like what you know modern nfl offenses are doing and in that case like i think it'll be better but at the same time it's a risk because it is a first year offensive play caller and a first year guy that is putting in his own scheme. So uh, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Matt, it is a pleasure as always to talk to you, my friend. Uh, Are we going to see you at one of the watch parties next year? Oh yeah. No, thanks for having me on James. Oh yeah, dude. Go back. See you on uh, congrats on the pewter report. Thanks man. I appreciate that. I'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. See you bud. Always good to hear from our buddy Matt. That breaking news, by the way, we're gonna have, there's gonna be more watch parties. Um, I, I maybe I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, you kinda, you kinda, if you if you want the Bucks to get Caleb Williams, host seventeen watch parties because they'll be zero and seventeen. Oh no, that's the, so, know, so I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with you. To the Canfire listeners, if you guys want Caleb Williams so bad, <laughs> just show up to the watch parties. The more people it is, the worse loss it'll be. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. We may have to find a new venue. If we do another watch party or another couple of watch parties next year, we're gonna find another spot. Um Barry House was obviously great, nothing but great things to say about them. But you gotta you gotta mix it up. You know what I mean? You gotta oh, yeah. And and maybe you know maybe get a win in a different venue. Yeah, maybe, maybe get eh? a win in a different venue, so we don't have to carry around the stigma of being zero and three at the Canafire Watch Party. So I'm I'm still struggling, um, you know, still maybe trying to schedule that. Maybe trying to schedule another King of the Wing here sometime soon. But Evan keeps backing out. He's he's scared. You just need to go out. start challenging other content creators. I'm still waiting for you to go up against the Loose Cannons boys. Nobody else. Likes I'm still. Your tweet. I'm still wait. I'm still waiting for you to go up against Red. Go ahead, James. I don't eat chicken wings like that, bro. James, I'll die. James I, thought, I, thought, even... I thought he was about to say. I thought he was about to say he didn't eat wings. I was like, yeah, BS. yeah, yeah right. Both yeah. of you have seen me eat wings. No, James won't even meet up with me and and film any new buried bucks treasure. I, I you know. Wow. He, I, I asked him before the show. He, I asked him before the show. He told me I got to start talking to his talent agent and. You know, get oh, into, get, have have my people call his people kind of thing and, and schedule something. I, I mean, this is my buddy James we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, Mikey Kelly, what's up, guys? Just tune in while at work. Appreciate you. Um, Richard, for the record, we already have a Lincoln Riley QB on our roster in Baker Mayfield. Yes, they do. Um, maybe they get another one in Caleb Williams. Who knows? <laughs> um, with Gruden back in the NFC South, when Bucks play Saints, does that give the Bucks the advantage knowing Gruden and Carr together? I, I don't think Gruden's on their staff. I think he just um, kind of did a little. little yeah, he just kind of like, like sort of like um, Gruden did a few. Like Warren Sapp did it with the Bucks like last year, or the year before that. Um, I don't think he's on their staff, so I, I don't. Um, I will yeah, I don't say really for Gruden, and we don't have to get into too much detail, but I will say for Gruden that is kind of huge. Um, that he is back around the NFL doing some activities. I, as far as I know, is that his first like official what could be considered NFL league activity? Like I know yeah, it's I guess, not yeah. anything on the books. Like you said, it's more of an unofficial visit. Also, but I mean, it's very funny that that he asked like, does it give the Bucks the advantage? Doesn't it, it, dude? He doesn't want anything to do with Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. He had plenty of practices with Chris Sims. He knows the situation. No, but I'm I'm just saying. He's saying, does it give the Bucks the advantage? Because he's already seen what Gruden and Carr have done together. Oh, right. He's like, does it yeah. give the Bucks the like? Does, do the Bucks have the advantage here? Like, 
Yeah, I, I will hey. say when we discuss the Saints, and we'll wrap up here in a second. If we have any last minute callers, we'll take those as well. Final call for calls. But, uh, you know, looking at the Saints and the rest of the NFC South, Atlanta, I don't know. Carolina, rookie quarterback, you don't really know. Solid team, could contend, could finish somewhere around the Bucs, but just have to wait and see how good that rookie plays. Uh, the Bucs, we just spent the last hour talking about, but New Orleans, the biggest threat to the NFC South. I still don't know how Dennis Allen is going to be. Um, he's entering his second season as head coach of the Saints, and he was not good last year. Um, a lot of people and there very, don't have very similar to Todd Bowles. A lot of people there don't have much faith he's going to be getting better because of how he was bad. Uh, very it wasn't similar, like he was just dealt a bad hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of parallels here. Um, but you know, with that being said, do you think Derek Carr could make the team? Uh, could make the Saints the team that they still think they are? You know, like, are could they be a team that? potentially wins 12 or 13 games on their way to winning the division this year. Is is that a real thing to expect from the Saints? Or I feel like even at their best, you know, they're still going to be a 9-10 win team. Yeah, no, I think whoever wins this division is going to win it with 9 or 10 wins. The, the Bucs won it last gonna, year. It, with it's going to be another a losing ugly record. year. Yeah, they had a, the Bucs were 8-9 and nine and they won the division. Like, it, they were under 500. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't for, like... Does a team maybe win 10 games? Like, maybe, but, like, I can't see anything more than that. I think all these rosters um, have flaws. They all have questions. Like, you know, and, and the Saints don't have as many questions at the quarterback position, but the rest of the three do, right? And, and that's the most important position in football, no matter what it is. Um, it's always going to be. The Bucks have questions at quarterback. The Panthers, while they have their long term, they may not have as many questions. But in the, the right now, there's questions about how Bryce Young's going to adapt. And then the Falcons, they don't know if they're going to find out this year if Desmond Ritter's their guy or not. Is it going to be like a Jalen Hurts where a second round picks where it takes off? Or is it going to be like a lot of other second round picks that sort of flame out? Who knows? Um, so the Saints have the least amount of quarterback questions in the division but they may have like the worst coaching staff of all the division. Like, and, and that's, and coaching matters too. They have an aging roster, Michael Thomas. I don't think that he's going to play like, on, in, until he plays. Yeah. I just don't know. Um, their defense is still pretty good, but they keep losing pieces year after year. Uh, there's, there's, they have the least amount of questions at quarterback, but there's questions in other spots. And I seriously think you named the Panthers and saints as well. I I can't predict who's going to win the division right now because I think you can make a, a legit argument for every single team in that division. And if you made the argument good enough, I'd be like, okay, like, like there's nothing that like you say that I'm be like, absolutely not. Like in the past, like two years ago, if you would have said the Falcons or Panthers were going to win the division. Sure. I would have been like, stop. But like this year it is wide open. And I think an eight and nine, nine and eight record could, could get the job done. James, your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that while obviously the saints are the most secure in the immediate sense at the quarterback position, they've got a lot of other question marks. I mean, gosh, the, the defensive talent that they lost was pretty substantial, Evan. And I, and I know that you talked about it a lot, gosh, even along the defensive line, they lost a lot of guys like mm -hmm. a lot. And that's notable. Uh, so we'll see how they perform. And with the Falcons, with the Panthers, they're guys that have added a lot of talent. 
So like you said, I, I think that it really is one of those situations where it's really anybody's guess right now as to who is going to win the NFC South. And I think it's going to be like that for most of the season. I think that this is going to be a, I want to say like competitive, but you know, the, I think it's a competitive division. It, it'll, it'll be. I, I, I think all the teams are going to be pretty close in since in like the standings and record wise. Right. Yeah. And, yeah and, I it, definitely don't see a situation where any one team runs away with it. Right. And when I say competitive in the sense, I don't mean it as man, they're all going to be like nine and three at some point. It, no, it's going to no. be like a competition <laughs> of mediocrity. I think yeah. is, is the answer. Well, you there. know, one team's going to end up with nine wins. The other's eight and then two are like seven and six or something like it's. Yeah. Like which, which team is going to be the least mediocre. I think that that's what it's going to come down to ultimately. And yeah, it, it's going to be a very interesting season to follow with the NFC South. I, again, you can make just like Evan said, you could really make a case to me for all of these teams right now, the Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Panthers. And I would say, yeah, sounds reasonable. You know, I can't disagree with that because ultimately right now we have no idea. So that's going to be one of those things that, again, much like what we've been talking about, you're just going to have to wait until it shakes out. Yeah, people are I will say people are sleeping on the Falcons. I would agree with that. They're not. They added. They added Jesse Bates. They added a lot of defensive talent this year. John Robinson. I mean, B. John Robinson. I don't like. I don't like taking running back at eighth overall. But hey, hey. um, But if you're a team like the Falcons and you have made the decision to not make or to not take a quarterback, I mean, who else would have been better? I mean, they still had needs like. Drake London's, Drake London's there. They Drake, got a Drake London. Like, if Desmond Ritter even takes a small step forward in this division, I think they could win it. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's going to be a dogfight in 2023 for the NFC South, much like it was in 2022. It's going to come down to the wire. But ladies and gentlemen... That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. First and foremost, thanks to everybody calling in on the uh, first episode of the Cannon Fire Hotline in over two years. We really, really appreciate your support. It's a pleasure, as always, to hear your Bucks takes. And uh, looking forward to doing more of these shows. Going to be in the season, I mean, between now and then, obviously. And then we have got some brand new content for you guys on the way. Uh, Don't quite want to ruin the surprise, but that's just going to drop when it drops. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Check out James and uh, get excited for his work over at pewterreport.com and uh, the YouTube channel if he's still allowed to use it at Mr. Bucks Nation. And you can probably start listening to him before you know it on the Pewter Report podcast as well. James, any final words to the audience? Yeah, just thanks for having me on, guys. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, Stay tuned. I'm going to be making a lot of content for Pewter Report. I'll still be around on my channel um, from time to time. We'll probably be discussing that in a future video there on the channel as well. So stay tuned for that also. But yeah, not going away from my work on Mr. Bucks Nation fully. Um, Definitely going to be taking a step back regarding that. But excited to be making content for Pewter Report, articles, videos, podcasts. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited for you, buddy. Always rooting for you. And, uh, of course, you can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Have you got any stories in the hopper? 
I got got a few things uh, coming up. I'm going to be taking a look at just some some top five lists, top four lists, just of not necessarily about this coming season, but the past, present, future of the Bucks. We, you know, we'll see. So I got a lot of stuff planned for June. So I'm um, really excited. And you may even see some of that stuff uh, appear on here every now and then. So excited for that stuff. Hey, people love a good top five list. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T. A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But that's the show. Thanks again to everyone who called in. It's a pleasure, as always, to talk Bucks with you. We'll talk to you in the future with more Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish and James Hill. We'll see you next time. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.